The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS, that's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now... It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Hey, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark, and with me, as mostly always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. And we're in 2019. We made it. We are out of 2018. We just did our entire... Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we gonna be great. Call it best of 2018. <laughs> it was very hard to find best of. I was thinking about it later, yeah. and I was like, "There's so much we didn't talk about because we spent 25 minutes talking about Mattel losing the DC license." Yeah. Uh, but we're now into 2019, and it's it's we're not getting a lot of huge releases right now. Um, but I figured it was a good time to catch up on a couple of things, and um, one of the things that came out a couple of weeks ago, but honestly, it took me a couple of weeks to get to it because now that's the kind of comic I am. Also, to preface this, it is winter in Chicago. Oh, yeah. This is weird. Winter in Chicago is when I become a once a month comic reader. Yeah. Because it- uh, You don't go to the store. I, I go to the store once a month. Yeah. And um, you're you're no longer part of that store. But uh, Dana Romero, who's on the show yeah, a lot, is great. great. And she does a fantastic job over there. And honestly- uh, I am not at the point where I can only have Batman and Spider-Man digitally. So I'm now at the point uh, where Marvel includes the digital copies, you know, with all of their comics. Yeah. So I'm cashing those in. So I get my books, uh, my Marvel books from the store. I bag them, board them. I put them in the, the long box. And actually, I don't even read them now. Now I peel them off. Peel off you peel off that sticker to get the code. Yeah. I check in the code, put it on my iPad, then I read it in my iPad. Yeah. So you're not even reading physical comics. No, it's li- I'm literally buying the physical comic just because to get the code. No, just to have the physical comic in my long box. Yeah. And it's um it's no more expensive because on Comixology, when books come out every week, they're full cover price. And then about oh. six months later they drop down to two bucks. Yeah. So basically they hit the back issue bin. Right. And then when they become a trade, usually the trade ends up being like a dollar an issue. So which means that goes down even further. And when you're digital, it really doesn't matter if you've got the issue with a trade. Right. And then they have their crazy sales. Right. When it's $2 for 14 issues. It's like 40, 50 cents an issue. <laughs> oh, that's insane. Which is like, that's like half price book prices. Yeah. So that's where I've been getting a lot of my comps. Oh, this week uh, there is an Iron Man sale. So I got uh, three epic collections for twenty bucks. Is it weird that they pick like a character to put on sale? They're like all Iron Man's on sale. It's not like it's kind of random. Well, at the end of the year, Marvel and DC was just like everything is on sale. Yeah, but, and it's almost always just their trades. Right. I think their trades sell a lot better than their issues, which make a lot of sense. So um, I like this now. Now that you're no longer a retailer, this conversation is no longer threatening yeah it's uh it's still horrifying but it's uh it doesn't uh it won't affect me financially anymore right but it is so there's a lot to recommend it um digitally is number one you're getting the best possible scan yeah you're getting the best possible artwork there's no difference between oh this trade and this issue you're not getting like the crappy newsprint versus yeah the nice one they also let you subscribe. So basically all you have to do is just go, ah, uh, yeah, Tom King's Batman. And then they just charge you every, every time it comes out and it's just in your iPad. Yeah. That's – it's as a longtime comics reader. Yeah, hard to – It's hard to say no to that. And I'm not a comics reader that um, cares that much about condition. Like my omnibuses are like the pride of my collection. That's what I reread. Yeah. And it's like the long boxes are kind of like this artifact. Yeah, I don't um I don't get I haven't gotten single issues in comics in a really long time like I think since before the store opened. I had segued off of getting weekly comics and just getting Well, you were reading a lot of the weekly comics just as they'd come in before right. you put them on the I was, shelf. Yeah, I was right? reading yeah. everything. Um and now it's like reading the books I want to read and then getting the collected editions of like the stuff I'm like, yeah, this all 
This is how we read. Yeah, I get, the, I get the monthly issues of the stuff that I have the longest runs, and I'm trying to now have only Batman and Spider-Man. Like, I have about 30 years of Iron Man. But you mean Batman and Detective. Yeah, Batman and Detective yeah. and Amazing and Spectacular, or whatever the second book is. They just canceled Spectacular, but they're relaunching Friendly Neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the main character titles. I'm not buying Silk and Robin. and There is no Robin right now, but Batman and Robin, yeah. uh, Nightwing, Batgirl, Catwoman, Spider-Gwen, Miles Morales. I don't get all of those, but Amazing... Detective Batman, yes, every single issue. So, real quick, you mentioned uh, Harley Quinn. Uh, so, oh, I sold those. They're doing an old woman Harley. Old woman Harley? Is it like a parody of Old Man Logan? I guess so. And I guess Old Man Logan obviously did really well. And I guess. Oh so, yeah, well they kept him around for. There was like a period of four years where Wolverine is. was dead, and they just had Old Man Logan running around. I think he still is. So then. I think he is still running around, and he still has so now there's his, three his Wolverines. Gun. Yeah, and then there's Old Lady Harley, which is like her in the f- dystopian future, like you know, as like an older lady. But okay. now I guess Marvel just finished Old Man Hawkeye, which is a prequel to the original Old Man Logan. Yeah, and Hawkeye was in the original Old Man Logan, right. so that's, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, now Marvel's doing Old Man Star Lord. <laughs> and it's like, are what are we? Is this like? Remember when they did those like uh, Marvel the Ends? Yeah. And then they just did it for everybody, even guys. You're just like Punisher the End, and it's like, yeah. what? Remember the <laughs> only because one, the Hulk was really good. The Hulk was really good because it would, they got Peter David and I think Dale Keown back to do it. Yeah. And it was really dark. Yeah. It was a really good story, and they were like, okay, everybody. I remember. I don't remember them doing a Spider Man. Um, but I do remember that the X-Men one was like 18 issues long. Yeah. It was such a typical X-Men way to like, do it. What are you guys doing? I tried to read that digitally. I don't know they that I must have it. done a Spider-Man the end. Or maybe, uh, yeah. was that what I read the Iron Man. Straczynski's I had the thing Ar- Iron Man the end. It wasn't good. Straczynski's thing with him in the coat and he's in the future. He had that. That was like an alternate future in the book. That wasn't. Straczynski did like a, a his, Silver Surfer Requiem, which was Silver Surfer at the end. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Weird fascination with just doing like grizzled old men versions. Of- yeah. Like everybody's an old man now. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you know who else are a bunch of old men now? All the comic book readers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, uh, you're old and you used to like Hawkeye as a young person. Now we're going to give you old Hawkeye. There, there was this kind of. Uh, Shock to the system. Have you had this happen to you yet? Uh, you're in your 30s where you realize, oh, Spider-Man's younger than me now. Uh, yeah, I think I, I always think Spider-Man's still in his 30s. So uh, it happened with Miles Morales as Spider-Man. I'm like, oh, this Spider-Man is like a kid. I'm not a kid. You know, <laughs> uh, see, for me, it was Spider-Man, I think, is still like 32. Spider-Man's 33. Yeah, I think of him like 27. Uh, yeah, I for me it was when I was twelve. I would read Spider Man comics, and he had his own apartment, and I really liked that. Like, I know had, had an apartment in Manhattan, and he could like climb out of his bathroom. Yeah, he had a skylight in the bathroom. Yeah, and I was like, someday I'm gonna have my own apartment. Yeah, and then then I like I think it's when they cast Tom Holland. I was like. Well, that kid's way younger than me. Yeah, (laughs) that kid isn't even 21 yet. (laughs) No, I was still in my 20s when Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man. I was like, all right. Okay. And Andrew Garfield, I was like, ah, what's this kid, like five, ten years younger than me? Yeah, Yeah, it's all right. He's taller than me, so who cares? Right. But Tom Holland, I'm like, oh, this Mm. is a kid. Yeah, this is a kid. He's a baby. (laughs) Well, speaking of heroes getting older, uh, one of the books that came out a couple weeks ago, which I am now getting to is uh, Fantastic Four number five, um, Thing and Alicia Masters got married. And uh, Dan Slott's run on Fantastic Four, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good. It's not as Spider-Man, and there are better runs on Fantastic Four, and I have very high standards for the Fantastic Four. Yeah, well, I think that's the problem, is that it's like, uh, it's rarely done really, really, really good. But it has been done really, really good on four distinct separate yeah. occasions. I didn't even miss it the three years it was gone because I was like, yeah. I'd rather have no Fantastic Four than comic have a bad than Fantastic have a bad Four one. Comic, which is it's a lot easier to do it bad than do it good. Yeah, you can mess that up so much. Mark yeah. Wade had a great um, 
quote about it after his run. He said his advice to whoever writes Fantastic Four, he says, it has to be 50-50 Stan and Jack. He's like, if that if the needle goes too far action or too far like family comedy, yeah, the whole thing falls apart. Yeah, I think it's a tightrope and it's really hard to walk that tightrope. Well, yeah, in a way it's like Indiana Jones. Um, the reason Raiders of Lost Ark is my favorite movie is that it has every single genre balanced perfectly. There is no genre of film that is not in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Like it, you know, it's, it's horror, it's comedy, it's action, it's adventure, it's all yeah, these things. It's, it's espionage, it's, it's espionage. romance, it's drama, yeah. it's supernatural, it's military, it's and every it's everything in just the right dose. And that's why none of the sequels ever worked. Right. Was every one of them kind of tilted that scale a little bit. And I like them all. Um, I like some more than others, but I'm not going to say I hate any one of them. But none of them are that that first one. And Fantastic Four is the same way. Yeah. Like you get that ratio just right. And like I said, there have been four guys in 50 years that have done it. Yeah. Um, I'm not getting the sense that Dan Slott's doing it, but I, and I I'm really yeah. – I'm enjoying it. I, I don't think he can't do it. I just think it's we've had five issues. It's uh, it, it might take him a minute to get going. Yeah. So the first issue is being like the first arc was like where have they been? Right. There's like, no Fantastic Four in the first issue. Right. It's like all prologue. Yeah. It takes a minute to get going. So this was the first issue that kind of felt like this might be is what the book will feel like on a monthly basis of like here's kind of the new status quo for the book. They're out of the Baxter building. They're living in yeah, Yancey Yan- Street. In a TARDIS house. Yeah, which is like, uh, this is the kind of stuff I want Dan Slott to do. Is yeah. like, what kind of goofy ideas that are fresh and new is he going to bring Well, to Dan it? Slott, I don't know if you know this, but Dan Slott is a Doctor Who fanatic. Oh, that I mean, that makes sense. So, uh, like, Dan Slott will post pictures of himself with David Tennant at Wizard World, kind yeah. of fanatic. So he literally wrote... In in this issue, he's like, our house is bigger on the inside. Right. Yeah, this issue was the f- – was I really enjoyed it. And I felt like, yeah, he gets these characters. He did a really good run on The Thing about 10 years ago. Yeah. It only lasted eight issues because nobody bought it. But he nailed the characters then. So I always thought he was the right choice for it. But um, his Iron Man disappointed me. I was out by issue three. Yeah, I think I'm still reading his Iron Man because his ideas are clever. But I it's like, like art, I don't but yeah. care about um, uh, Tony. No, it's like I like Iron Man. I just it's like they haven't really captured it yet. I don't think it's mm. like it's kind of there's so much going on that it's like it's it's it seems kind of diluted. But he's closer to catching it on Fantastic Four than he is yes. on Iron Man. Well, and his Iron Man is closer than Iron Man's been since Fraction wrote it. Yeah, that fraction because that's another book where it's like uh, Iron Man's usually not a good book. It's like I can think of like three things in Iron Man that I've liked. There, are, there are two runs that I think are great ever, and there are two runs that are good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that are like entertaining, good. Yeah, but Layton uh, and Fraction are great. No, I disagree. You I don't be- like Fraction. No, Layton. I think Layton is good. So Layton is the best at what Warren Ellis, who did Extremists oh, and Extremist. left. That is a great yeah, he did one story. It's See, a great story. It. It's like it counts, but obviously, but it's like. But it wasn't a miniseries. It was right. Iron Man, and it was one to six, and then he left. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't know that Warren Ellis was going to leave. I thought he was the writer on Iron Which Man, which would have been cool. He yeah, if he had he stayed. Yeah, that's a great what story. What's he doing right now? Uh, he bounces around. I think I feel like he's doing novels. Mm, okay. Um, like he he's kind of the accessible Alan Moore. He's like the Alan Moore you can talk to and get work out of. Yeah, like you don't have to sit and listen to Black Magic and veganism for right. an hour to get him to agree to do your comic book. Yeah, um, it's like Mark Millar's like the Garth Ennis who won't punch you. Right, <laughs> but yeah, that that story was great, and then the Fraction one was phenomenal. Uh, yes. And I got to meet Matt Fraction last year on, on the Joko boat. Cruise and tell him how much I love that run. Yeah. Uh, fascinating guy. Yeah. He, him and Kelly Sue kind of fascinating people. Yeah. Uh, the Leighton run, I think, is just really fun. The first run is good. The And then the second run I'm not as big a fan about in the 90s. Like yeah, that 90s armor. I read that. Um, he basically comes back after the silver one is gone. And I, I really like the Denny O'Neill run. Yeah. Because Denny O'Neill is... Did you is, read the Kurt Busiek run? Uh, I didn't like it. 
Yeah, it. I liked it. It's not great. It's good, but it's nowhere near what his Avengers was. No, remember they did an omnibus, and you asked me about it, and I was like, Meh. and I love Iron Man. Iron yeah. Man's like, Iron Man's like my third favorite Marvel book. Yeah, if you count the Fantastic Four, well, yeah. I mean, he's neck and neck with the X Men for me about how much I like him, but his book is like almost never good. Yeah. Like, I remember... It doesn't have as much going for it as, like, Fantastic Four or Spider-Man. It's like, there's a lot of really good stuff uh, for the foundations of those characters. Yeah. Iron Man is like, he was a jerk that isn't a jerk anymore, you know? Yeah, I it's remember... It's like, there's not a lot of uh, groundwork for Tony. It's like, they did much more with him in the movie than there was originally in that character. Right, and I think... Uh, wisely, we're never getting Iron Man four. I mean, Downey's too old; he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, uh, he doesn't work out anymore. We were talking about we were watching Civil War last night, and I know we've talked about this on the podcast. But um, you notice after Iron Man three, Robert Downey Jr. never wears short sleeves ever again. He wears a tank top in Infinity Endgame. Does he? In Endgame. he's wearing a hoodie. No, no, no. In Endgame, he's gonna have a tank top. On. Oh, he's back in the ship. Yeah, but everybody thinks this is the last one. Yeah. But like he's had his arms covered. Yeah. Since since he stopped being the star of the movie cuz he, cuz he's clearly like I'm not working out 4 hours a day. Right. To to stand in a break room For five and minutes. tell everybody else what to do and then a CGI Iron Man flies around. He's like fuck that. Yeah. He's like, "You know what I will you know what I will do? Not be fat. That's what well, I'll do for you." It's weird cuz I was watching some of the behind the scenes on Civil War or one of the movies and it's like dude, he's still wearing a practical <laughs> There's still a practical suit, like an armored suit. And I think it was, it's like rubber, latex, or 3D printing, or whatever it was. And it was either Civil War or Infinity War. I can't remember which one, but he's wearing like these. Yeah, but not heavy, a full suit. He has, wears like a yeah. chest piece. Right. It's like a chest piece, and then his legs are CG'd yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, but uh, there's an interview on Iron Man 1 <laughs> on the DVD where he said. Uh, He's like, yeah, this is the right time for me to do this. He goes, oh, yeah. He's like, I'm 38 now. He goes, it's probably the last time in my life I can get in a really good shape. And I was like, yeah, this movie's 10 years old. Yeah. You know, now he's like. He's in his 50s. He's like 50. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And there is a thing with action stars. When they hit 50, they don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. They want. They don't want to run around anymore. It's like that. It's a reason why those uh, last couple of Roger Moore Bonds are so embarrassing. Yeah. Like for everyone involved, go watch uh, View to a Kill. You will be embarrassed yeah. <laughs> that you're watching it. I had a friend, um, really brilliant guy, uh, who told me, he goes, watch View to a Kill. There's a scene in View to a Kill where he chases an assassin up the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Have you ever seen this? I mean, I've seen it. I don't remember it because yeah. we watched all he, the Bond movies in like three weeks. He goes, you watch that scene. Roger Moore doesn't run. It's a, it's a shot of him hitting the landing seven times. Wow. He just like steps off the last step and looks up. And I'm pretty sure it's the same landing. Yeah. <laughs> they just reused the same cut. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. <laughs> now that we've gone that far afield. Uh, yeah. Iron Man has been, it's a tough one to really nail. And I don't know that Slot's doing it. But this issue of Fantastic Four. Show me that he's going to do it. And then not only was it a really heartfelt issue where he hit all the right notes, but he reminded me of other wedding issues and other stories, yeah. but he never repeated any of those beats. Like there's there's a whole – it's a big book. It's like 80 pages. There's a whole bachelor party sequence. And I'm like, what does this remind me of? And there is an issue in the 90s that Peter David wrote of the Hulk. I don't know if you ever read this. When Rick Jones got no. married. Rick Jones had a bachelor party and all of the superheroes are there and they put on a porno film and his fiance's in the porno film. (laughs) It's the last page and everybody's just like shocked. The cover of it is all of them like looking out at a screen with their mouths open. Yeah. And uh, I think it's the vision because he's a robot. He goes, is that your wife to be? (laughs) (laughs) He goes, goes, the next panel goes. You must be very proud. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the batch party was like, oh, yeah, Peter David did this. And then it didn't go that way. Yeah. Uh, the One of the things I loved about it was Ben and Alicia have been dating since the early Stanley and Jack Kirby days. Yeah. They did not shy away from the fact that in the late 80s, early 90s, Johnny married Alicia 
And then they thought that was a bad idea. Yeah. So then in the 90s, she was a Skrull. Well, I and then he, he was still married to her for a while. And that was Lila the Laser Fist or Lila, Lila the Lila the Skrull, and she looked like the She Hulk with just the Skrull chin. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they kept her around for a while. Yeah, she was on the Fantastic Four, wasn't she? Yeah, she was in the team. Yeah, and again, it's hard to get that book right. Yeah, <laughs> it's really easy to get it wrong though. But they have outright conversations about it. Yeah, where they're just like. That yeah. was weird, wasn't that weird? Yeah, they're like, they're, and like, jo- and Johnny's like running the batch party. He's like, yeah. So uh, you thought you married my fiance? Yeah, <laughs> and you didn't. He's like, yeah. That's 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 awkward for everybody. Well, yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> There's also a nice running thing where the thing's like, we're not gonna have any other superheroes at the wedding. He's oh, like, yeah. He goes, no capes at the wedding. Every time you have a superhero wedding, somebody messes it up. Yeah, and like Spider Man is so disappointed. And, of course, this is Slot writing Spider-Man, so he's written Pitch Perfect, but he's like, but I wrote a speech. So then he gets up in the bachelor party, and he's like, I want to make a toast, and he just keeps going and going, and the thing's like, is this your speech? No speeches. <laughs> no speeches. It's Oh, and then they have the um, spoilers for five-week-old comic or whatever. Uh, the Serpent Society breaks out of a cake. Yep. Like the yellow All the girls, wedding. Are, yes. Yeah. Uh, but so... so he gets the stand stuff right. He gets the, yeah. the stand, you know, and there's a subplot where everyone's mad at Reed because Reed is like in his lab and and not uh, helping with the wedding yeah. at all. And then it turns out that he what he's done is create a time bubble because he knows that a supervillain is going to attack so they can like have the wedding inside the time bubble. And I'm like, OK, there's your Jack. Right. You've got this right. And it ends with. The mall going off to fight like Doctor Doom. Well, and or no, and Galactus shows up in Latveria. Galac- Galactus shows up in Latveria, and Doctor Doom says, "Only I can fix it." Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is a great Fantastic Four premise." Where I closed that book, and I was like, "Yeah, why hasn't Doctor Doom fought Galactus? Because Galactus is threatening the world." Right. And I was like, "Oh, that's a great joke to end on." And then in the back, it's like issue six, Doctor Doom fights Galactus, and I'm like. All right, this is the first great Fantastic Four story he will yeah. tell. Yeah, it's like, oh, are they really going to do this? I thought it was kind of like a throwaway, but then I'm like, oh no, this is really. It's gonna, a great idea for really a story that no one's done. Yeah, it's like when John Byrne did the Trial of Galactus, when oh, the Shi'ar yeah. put Galactus on trial for crimes against the universe. It was an incredible story. Yeah, probably his best. Yeah, in fact, back in the '90s, it was the only trade they did of any of his run. Oh, yeah, The Trial of Galactus. The Trial of Galactus was a trade, and it was just that. And yeah. then they went back later and was like, all right, we're doing the whole run. Yeah, duh. So I think, yeah, I can't quit Fantastic Four at this point. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be good. It's uh, it's good because it's been a long time coming, and it's like, what's nice is Dan Slott seems like a guy who has a lot of ideas. He was on Spider-Man for a long time. Mm-hmm. That could just be Spider-Man. We might only get him on Fantastic Four for a couple years as opposed to five ten, or ten years. Yeah. Right. I don't think his run will be quite as long. I just hope he has enough ideas to uh, do a couple good stories. And then, like, when you're done, though, bro, leave. Don't yeah. don't stick around just to co- do it as But a he's been good about that. I mean, when he was going to do Superior, yeah, like, Marvel was like, hey, what book do you want to do now? Because we're going to take you off Spider-Man with 700. And he's like, don't do it. Don't do it. And they're like, no. And it was this Marvel initiative. It turned out to be a really terrible idea. Yeah. Where they were like, we're just going to switch all the the writers. And there were a lot of good writers on books that they were not a good fit for. Yeah. And you're reading these books. You're like, I like this writer. I like this character. I hate this book. Right. It just seems like if you don't have an idea for Thor, don't write Thor. You know? That's when they put Bendis on the X-Men. Yeah, and it it sucked, and it hasn't been good since before then. It's like they right. can't figure out what to do with X-Men. Yeah, which is a shame, but Slot was like, don't take me off Spider-Man. And they're like, well, why? What are, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, I'm going to make Dr. Octopus Spider-Man. And then they went, we're like, all right, well, we can give you a new number one, and we can say it's a new book, and that's how we'll tie it in. Yeah. But he didn't want to leave because he had more stories. And when yeah. he got to Red Goblin, he's like, I'm out of this stories. This is it. Yeah. yeah. And that's good. He kept his best big monster story for the end. And honestly... I I would say second best writer who's ever done Spider Man. Yeah, 
you know, next to Stan Lee. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Roger Stern is way up there. Uh, Jim DeMattis is way up there. Yeah, they're both good, and Straczynski's really good, but I think as yeah, far Str- as... Straczynski ran out of ideas. Yeah, and he was on the book too long. And he started doing the worst ideas you've ever seen. Yeah, he had some of the best ideas and some of the worst ideas. Yeah. Um, I always say, when Romita Jr. leaves that book... Leave the book. You leave that book. Because yeah. <laughs> Diodato comes on, and it ain't gonna go well. Uh, I wonder, because if... That omnibus is coming out. That Spider-Man Straczynski omnibus. It's volume one. I think it's all Romita. So after that book, just don't get volume two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm never. Really I just reread. Um, I just reread Coming Home, the first trade with Morlun. Yeah, and it's it's really great. I'm just gonna wait to. Yeah, there's it. a bunch of stuff in Morlun with the which uh, doesn't really line up with the whole Spider Verse thing. I'm it like, works. wait, I don't. Yeah, but little things like I don't think his powers work that way. Oh, like, you mean Dan Slott changed a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's... It's not like uh, the Moreland's not the Green Goblin, you know? It's like, you want to tweak his powers? Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's like he was great in that Straczynski story, and, and the Spider-Verse stuff was great. It was great. So. And you know what? I just finished Spider-Geddon, which was really fun. Oh, yeah. I don't... Uh, uh, I don't care anymore. <laughs> it's like, I, I like Spider-Verse. Uh, I'm good. I don't need another. Here's a bunch of universe Spider-Mans teaming up. I'll tell you, it's totally unnecessary. Yeah, but it was fun. It wasn't like it didn't seem like a crappy slap together event comic. Yeah, it was like, oh, you had a story for this, and they, and because and they'd cop it to it in the first issue. They're like, look, we got a big video game coming out. Yeah, we got a movie about the Spider Verse coming out. We're right. gonna do a Spider Verse comic. They and they should. It just uh, it just seemed like that's what they were doing, and but I it, was just like, it ended up being no. a good story. And they kept Peter out of it, which was interesting. They were like, we want to focus on Miles, and yeah, which is good. So they left Peter for just the spectacular Spider Man issues were tie-ins, which uh, Sean Ryan, who's been on the show, wrote. And they were good. And it was Spider-Man fighting Moreland. Yeah. And it was just like, hey, Spider-Man's fighting Moreland the whole time. Uh, but but they were fun books. Marvel is at a point now where it's like, I I don't know that anybody's doing like a great run yet. Yeah, Jason Aaron. Okay. Jason Aaron is Thor or just on everything, on Avengers well, as well. Avengers is tricky because it just started. I'm really digging it. Um, I think it could be the start of a great run. But mm-hmm. his Thor... If you consider how long the dude's been on it and he's doing like a trilogy, he did the first book was all about uh, the regular Thor and then like him up to losing his hammer. Right. And then the second chunk of how that. How lose his arm? Um, he lost his arm. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he lost it in a fight with Malekith. Okay. And Frost Giants. Because there's a joke about that in the new Fantastic Four, where they're like playing poker and he bets his arm and takes it off, and I'm like, yeah, and and I was like, I thought that was armor. No, he lost his arm, mm. and I think um, Malekith was for sure wearing his arm around his own neck, Eww. like because <laughs> he's a weirdo. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if he lost it in a fight with him or like Frost Giants or something. Yeah, when they did a Marvel Legend of Odin's son, like the powerless Thor. And the San Diego said he had two arms, yeah. and then when the regular set came out, he had like a, a cyborg. It was like a Colossus type. Metal yeah, arm. they love Mar- Marvel loves if you have a metal arm. There's usually a lot of horizontal lines. Yeah, that's how they show bendy armor. Yeah, um, but yeah, they because they Jason Aaron teased a future Thor years before. And he only had one arm. Mm-hmm. And then there was going to be, oh, how did he lose his arm? And then they did it. And like, oh, okay, we knew this was coming. But he's doing like th- uh, three big stories that are all going to be part of one good, good gigantic story. And the first one was Thor becoming unworthy. The second one was Jane Foster's Thor. The third one is going to be Thor becoming worthy again. Right. So it's kind of like a Hickman thing where it's this yeah. opus. Which yeah, is, definitely. When you step back, it was like, oh, the whole thing was one story. One big thing he's been leading up to. Yeah. I tend so. to, I find those exhausting sometimes. Oh, I love them. I'm like, yeah, that's three massive omnibuses for this I, guy's run. I read uh, Hickman's Avengers, Avengers run, which was two massive omnibuses. Yeah. And I thought it was great. And then I was, then I immediately turned to you. I was like, you want these? Yeah. <laughs> so I and like, I was like, yeah, I miss these. I'll yeah, take them. I was them like, for I sure. can't. I, I'm not going back into this. Yeah. I will definitely reread that. I'm very frustrated that Secret Wars was not included in that. It made omnibus. sense when I read the omnibus because this was an Avenger story. And when I. So I bought Secret Wars, which I kept. Yeah. I found it cheap. And I read straight into Secret Wars. And it's like, I'll, there's definitely a reason it's not included because midway through Secret Wars, 
it stops being an Avengers story. Yeah. And it be- and by the end, it's it's the end of his Fantastic Four run. And it's like, that wouldn't make sense to be an Avengers. Yeah. And those books are, you, you have them now. They're gigantic. Adding another 400 pages to one of them. Yeah. Would have been too much. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. So I was okay with it not being there. Because then also it's like, why don't you just have the Hickman omnibus? And it's like volume one, Secret Warriors, volume yeah. two, Fantastic Four. Well, don't forget the shield that he did. I did forget the shield that he I yeah. thought that was Secret Warriors. No, Shield, Secret Warriors, Fantastic Four, Avengers, Secret Wars. Uh, see? And like where did that dude go? He's doing I, his own stuff. I think these guys, they kind of do these like Jason Aaron, I think will do it because he's doing this huge Thor thing. He's gonna lead into Avengers, and then he's doing the big event this year. After that wrapped up, this guy's gonna be in the wind, I think. It's like he's going to go off to Indie Land. Yeah, well, that's what they do is they start creating their own stuff and hope that it sticks. And if it right. doesn't stick, you don't know that it happened. Right. You know, if they do a if they do a crap run on Fantastic Four, we know it because we know the Fantastic Four is out there. We know it's being published. Yeah, I'll only know if Hickman does something big if it if if I hear about it through like the grapevine, you know. Right. So it's possible if he does an indie comic that's not as good. Right. I'll never hear about it. Yeah, because I remember like uh, John Romita Jr. had to create her own book. Yeah, brilliant. That, uh... Oh, I know, your gray something? The gray, yeah, and it yeah. didn't go anywhere, and it was just like, and then he just came back to Marvel, and I'm like, I, I remember when it came out, because there was a lot of press about it, and I'm a big John Romero Jr. Yeah. fan. So I was like, oh, I want to see what he does, and I was like, meh. And then he just came back to Marvel, and nobody ever talked about it again. Right. And most people probably didn't know that he did it, and then he did Kick-Ass. Right. Which Mark Millar really gets... All the credit for that, but John Romita Jr. drew those books. Yeah, he's getting a paycheck from. I'm those sure. Movies. I'm sure the paycheck he got from those movies was a lot more than anything, yeah. any residual he would have got from like Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah, and ultimately, that's all these guys are hoping for. Is like, I mean, that's what uh, Oliver Kopiel did after Siege was. He started making indie comics with Mark Millar, hoping that one of these things would get picked up for a movie, and right. then he can make a massive. Paycheck, you know, yeah, and that was that. Sense. Yeah, there was a massive thing when uh, Robert Kirkman wrote. Robert Kirkman got option for Walking Dead, and then wrote this like op-ed for the industry. He's like, "Hey, everybody, stop working for Marvel and DC and make yeah. your own indie comics." And everybody's like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, fuck you! You just made a million dollars. It's yeah. like it's like when the guys who invented YouTube sold it to Google. If they had written an email to everybody going, "Hey guys, create the next killer app." Yeah, it's like it's like being asked to create a viral video. Right. It's like you got very. Very lucky. And I'm not saying that Robert Kirkman is not talented. Right. Yeah. But, but anybody that creates The Walking Dead got very lucky. For sure. And that's the thing. It's like, uh, I'm all about people doing their own indie books or whatever, but it's like, <laughs> it's easy for the king of the indie guys in the last 20 years to say, everyone else, stop working for the big two companies, the companies that have the most work for you. Stop yeah. working for them. Yeah. It was like, everybody be king. Yeah, it's like now that I'm king, idiot. Is that that's your version of selling sending the elevator back down? Yeah, what a moron. Uh, Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah, so uh, switching gears from uh, from something that became a dark TV show to a dark TV show. The uh, the other thing going on this week, uh, Netflix has had some major releases. Everyone's talking about this, like. there's all these jokes, and spoilers for Netflix stuff that I don't know what it's called. Bird Box. Yeah, is that the one with like everyone's like making yeah, my daredevil wife, jokes? Yeah, my wife watched it. I didn't watch it. Um, I, I, I just can't get excited about it. It's like, it's basically um, that that movie uh, John Krasinski made this year. Yeah, the, the, where they have to be quiet. Yeah. Now, now it's a movie where if you see the monster, you die. So. It's like a monster in the water, so she's got to blindfold herself and her kids and like row a boat through the water and not see anything. And I'm like, I'm like that just feels stressful to me. Yeah, that does not. I mean, and honestly, a quiet place also kind of felt feels stressful. So I yeah. haven't seen it, but a quiet place was in theaters. So right. uh, if I didn't pay for it, I wasn't going to see it. But Bird Box, I was just like, uh, and my wife saw it and she she liked it, but she wasn't raving about yeah, it. Yeah, people are going like bananas for it. Yeah, I, it just feels like something. There's a lot, yeah, a lot of Daredevil jokes. And, yeah. and apparently now it's it's a meme where people are blindfolding themselves and walking into traffic. Oh, yeah. And Netflix had to tell them to stop doing that because yeah. that's the America we live in. And yes, it's like the same idiots that were eating Tide Pods last year. Yeah. 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 It's uh, uh, a fucking morons. Right. So I didn't do oh, that, but, but I did do Black Mirror Bandersnatch, which... Uh, I thought was even more important 
for the industry. Yeah. Because this is the first... And we knew this was coming. Yes. This kind of idea makes a lot of sense. It's just like, who's going to figure it out first? And it makes a lot of sense for Black Mirror. Because, have you watched much Black Mirror? No, it's another one of those shows that it's like everyone's kind of talking about. And it's like, uh, I haven't even watched Daredevil season three yet. My mom's calling me about spoilers. (laughs) You know, (laughs) who's Point Dexter? Is he going to be the bad guy? (laughs) Nobody's going to be the bad guy because it's canceled. (laughs) Well, I had to break the news to my mom yesterday. She called because they just finished. And she's asking me about the uh, bullseye spoiler or whatever. Yeah. And uh, she's like, so he's going to be the bad guy in the next season. I'm like, well, he was going to be the bad guy in the next season. She's like, well, what are they doing now? I'm like, well, they're not doing another season. She's like, what? I'm like, it's canceled. It's like a Disney thing. She's like, well, what the fuck? She's like, do I even start watching Punisher? I was going to watch Punisher next. I'm like, well. Well, I have thought about that, too. It's what if, and I have no, nothing to back this up on. Yeah. This but, is all conjecture. But Daredevil season three, it's not much of a spoiler, but Point Dexter is a major character in it, and you can see they're moving him towards Bullseye. Yeah. So it's like, oh, season four would be Bullseye. Maybe you bring Electra back. What if he shows up in Punisher? Daredevil? Punisher for Punisher oh. versus Bullseye is interesting. Oh, you mean in the second season of Punisher? Yeah. Nah. Like, what if they build him up to just use him in another show? They do it all the time. Yeah, I don't think they would. It'd be like building up the Joker in Batman and then using him in a Nightwing show or something. It's like, mm. I don't see it. Maybe. Maybe. I, we do know that Punisher season two is going to have Jigsaw. The guy J- Jigsaw is going to be the main villain. That was the Punisher bad guy that he two. got all he beat up really bad in the first season. His like buddy that was yes. like a jerk. Yeah, Jigsaw okay. was a Spider-Man villain originally. Really? Before, yeah, before Punisher had a book. Yeah, he was a crime lord that got thrown through a plate glass window and he had scars on his face. He's another Jerry Conway. And then later they were like, Punisher's the guy that threw him through the window. Yeah, Punisher was around at that point. It's like it's of that era. Yeah. So uh, I think it's like saber. It's like Sabretooth Wolverine, where sure. where Chris Claremont and John Byrne create Sabretooth to fight Iron Fist, and then yeah. they're just like, ah, maybe at some point Byrne's gone. I think Byrne's Byrne's at DC by the time Claremont gets the idea to like. Hey, maybe you should fight the guy that we kind of based him on. Yeah. Because I'm still writing that book. Right. And then it's like, oh, no, Sabretooth has always been Wolverine's greatest villain. It's like, no. Yeah. It's like saying the Kingpin has always been Daredevil's. Yeah. He's got a longer history with this other guy. Yeah. It's like X's. But whatever uh, happens to Bullseye, it definitely will not be a choose your own adventure movie. Yes. Uh, although I think Netflix is going to be doing a lot of them. So Black Mirror, I would... N- I would hasten everyone who's thinking of watching Black Mirror to not watch the first episode of Black Mirror. Everyone says that. It's terrible. It's really bad. And it's one of those where like it ended and I was like, wait, what? And then it just started playing the second one. And then I can't remember what the second one was, but by the second one I was like, all right, I guess I'll keep watching it. Um, You would like it because there's no continuity. There's no... You can binge watch it if you want, but it's like the Twilight Zone where it's like... Each episode is its own thing. That's it. It's yeah. these characters that are they're in this episode. They never come back. And everything everything is about technology. The It's a British show, but when Netflix took it over, it became less British. Like John Hamm started showing up and Bryce Dallas Howard started showing up. And, yeah. Uh, so it's less Doctor Who-y. But it's always it's always this idea that technology will destroy you. Yeah, is that will. we're all slaves to tech? This is why you'll like it. Eh. Uh, you will like it because you're afraid of the rising of the machines and you don't quite know how to use your phone ever. Yeah, and you're afraid that it's smarter than you. It is, and that it's making decisions without your knowledge. It might be, and that it is just going to come to you with a plan that it's implemented. Yeah, and, and you're I'll, a very small it. part of it. Yeah, that's your greatest fear. Well, that and that we're living in a simulation. Oh, I wish we were living in a simulation. I'm fairly certain we are. No, that means somebody can turn it off and be like, oh, none of this happened? I hate Elseworlds and comics. Yeah. I want them in reality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Black yeah, Black Mirror is always dark. Sometimes it's violent. Sometimes it's really creepy. Sometimes it's just interesting. It's a lot like The Twilight Zone. Jordan Peele is bringing back The Twilight Zone for CBS All Access. Yeah, and he's going to he's gonna be Rod Serling. He's going to... Produce, write some, and appear as the host. Yeah, um, he's gonna have a big hill to climb to beat Black Mirror because not only do you have to live against the legacy of the Twilight Zone, 
You have to compete with modern Twilight Zone. And that's what Black Mirror is. The yeah. Black Mirror, I didn't know this until I read an interview. The reason it's called the Black Mirror is that's what your screen looks like when it's turned off. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, that's yeah. All, yeah that pulls you in. There's yeah. some really good episodes. Uh, and there are episodes about robots just wiping us out. Yeah. So it, you will love it and you will not sleep. Yeah, that's what I need to be You'll doing hate right it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So the new episode is interactive, and it's the first interactive show produced for Netflix. However, it is not the first interactive program on Netflix. About a month ago, with no fanfare and with no, with no notice, they just put Minecraft Story Mode on Netflix. I don't know what that means. Um, now, Minecraft Story Mode was a, a game Ben was super into. So it was one of the Telltale games, and Telltale's out of business now, but Telltale had a huge They had like a Fables market. game, a Walking Dead game, a Batman game. Yes, and they were all basically choose-your-own-adventure, where it's not so much you're fighting, but as much as um, you're figuring out what to say, and that's going to affect the story. Yeah. Um, Batman game, I never finished the second one, but there was a lot of scenarios where it's like, all right, you have to talk to this guy. Do you want to talk to him as Bruce Wayne and try to persuade him? Or do you want to talk to him as Batman and threaten him? And yeah. that would change the story because the guy would have different reactions. Um, so it's that branching type of storyline. Yeah. I think the reason they put that out was just to test the interface. It was like, all right, we don't like, yeah, some people can use their Xbox and their PlayStation controller. But if you're on an Apple TV, if you're on your DVD, if you're on your phone, yeah, how how are, is the decision making going to work? So I think they use that was to figure out all the bugs. I think they use Minecraft Story Mode as a beta test because it was finished. Ben had been playing it on PlayStation Four as a disc, and Telltale was out of business, so they could take some of that money and pay off their debts. And then it, it was just kind of out. And at the time, I was like, "Wait, why are there games on Netflix? Like this was a game." Yeah. And I think it was to get ready for this. We've known this is coming for a while, but Netflix has never had any kind of seamless branching interface yeah uh now they have it's really interesting i played it i don't know what to say about it did well, i watch it? it did i play it you, you we watched it how did it work so um one of my friends kevin who's been on the show said i tried on the apple tv and i had a lot of trouble so i ended up just putting up watching it on my laptop so uh friday night i was like yeah don't watch it on the apple tv uh so I use a PlayStation because I'm like, well, here's the buttons that work. Yeah, no. Yeah, now I you can have one. Watch fun. it on that. So I watched it. So you're just watching it. Okay. But then every now and then the black bar comes up on the bottom, and there's two choices, and then you use the PlayStation and you just select one and press X, and then it is completely seamless. Um, both decisions come up, and then the there is a bar that like scrolls. It like goes from the outside of the screen to the center. That's your, kind of your time. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it doesn't pause the movie at all. Yeah. It's like the character thinking about it. How do you know which... Uh, you And you know... What is it? What are you looking at to choose? Text. Oh, and it says like, it's I want to go do this or I want to go do that. Yeah, it's it's like... It's like, ask him ask him more. Punch him in the face. Oh, okay. It's like that. And like the character is like tense and stressful. Um, but they're, they're waiting for you to do it, yeah. but it's not like the thing pauses. It's not like a pop-up comes on. Like, yeah. what would you do? It's very seamless. And like when you press it, the thing still scrolls all the way down to the end Yeah, and there's music over it. And there's a lot of little decisions you make that, um, don't seem to affect the story, but they said the branching on this is so sophisticated and complex that it's pushed back production of season five of Black Mirror way back. Because this wasn't like, hey, we're making a TV movie out of our show. Yeah, They had to film every single scenario. scenario. So um, how many different possible outcomes are there? No one knows. Really? No, Netflix isn't saying. They said the uh, production team on Black Mirror doesn't know how to access some of them. Oh. They're, they're like, there's, there's like, we've shot a couple endings that we haven't found. That they like lost in their. No, that's just somewhere. No, that's in what the... I'm saying. They're like lost in the maze of the story. Yeah. Like you can select them, but you know, one of one decision creates another decision, which creates another tree. Uh, years ago, I, I talked to Jellyvision 
and they showed me how they used to do You Don't Know Jack, how that engine works, and they showed me how to write a script for that. And, you know, it's it's very complex. It's very sophisticated. And video games are the same way, where yeah. you're doing all of these pieces because because maybe a decision you make in the first half an hour changes what decisions you get. Right, it like removes options you're going to get. Well, and I got to a point where I finished the story <laughs> and uh, it gave me a choice that said, watch the credits or go back to this earlier decision. And I was like, oh yeah, I want to see more. I'll go back to the earlier decision. And it gave me different choices. That's so weird. So like, it, it always gave me two but sometimes one of them would switch. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'll pick this choice because I didn't have it before. And then it goes into a really different place. Yeah. There is, so the basic premise, and again, this is going to be hard to talk about because uh, like Telltale games, it's, or even beyond games like Spider-Man or Batman Arkham, those games go the same way. You know, like you fight the Joker at the end of Arkham City. Right. That's going to happen no matter what you choose, no matter what side quests you do, yeah. no matter how many times you die. You know, um, that's always going to happen. Like Spider-Man, you're going to fight the Kingpin on the first level. Yeah. Like that, the story is pretty linear. Yeah. Whereas these branching stories, they're, the ending can be totally different. So I finished one, I went back and then everything changed and they were... Um, I don't, again, this is very hard to talk about and I will talk about spoilers, but who knows if they're spoilers because you may never see these. Yeah. So the basic premise is a, it's 1984 and, um, it's about, uh, game developers in the age of Atari. So it's like these eight bit developers. So this kid is taking a choose your own adventure book and adapting it into a video game. And there's a horror element where it's like, Oh, the, the guy who wrote the Choose Your Own Adventure book went crazy and murdered his wife. And then it's that feeling of like, is this story cursed? Because as he's working on it, um, he has mental issues. And like he's, he, uh, like it seems like he has schizophrenia. But, you know, I worked, I worked on a schizophrenia medication for a year and nobody gets schizophrenia right in yeah. television. So I don't know if they were going for it. They don't say what he has. Mm -hmm. Unless, of course, maybe you make a decision yeah, where they, they do. Yeah, reveal it. But... Uh, he starts having delusions and you don't know if the game's driving him crazy or if he's going crazy or if this is actually – the game's actually cursed. And depending on what you choose, different things can happen. Yeah. So there are trees where he can you he can murder the other people. There are ones where like he will run away. There's ones where he can kill himself. Um, the best one to me was a little further down the road uh, – this is the most fun thing. And again, if you're worried about spoilers, uh, I don't know that you'll ever see this, but yeah. maybe pause this until you've done it. There is a choice where the computer starts typing stuff to him. And again, you don't know if he's seeing this or if it's a delusion. And is it like, is the author coming back from the dead? Is Has the game taken life? But I was not given this choice the first time. And when I went back, it said, um, you can say, you know, tell him... Uh, well, one choice was like tell him that there's a conspiracy against him and then like he runs out you know and he starts following this conspiracy theory and then the second time I got to that choice he goes tell him you're watching him on Netflix and I chose that yeah and it's 1984 and he's like what's Netflix and he's like tell him what Netflix is what and then like his dad comes in and he's like the computer is telling me that there's an interactive streaming platform that they're watching and they're making decisions for me. And then the dad's like, we need to go to your therapist. Yeah. And then there's a scene in the therapist and there's decisions that you make on like what you tell your therapist, who's a major character in the, in the film, whatever you go to, she's a part of it. But then there, then she says, well, wait, if this, if this was uh, entertainment, wouldn't this be more interesting than you and I just sitting in a room? And there's a choice you can make where he just starts attacking her. Yeah. And then, and then like ninjas come out. What? And then there's another choice where it says you can fight or jump out the window. And I chose jump out the window. And he tried to jump out the window, but the window didn't open because it was a set. Yeah. And then the Netflix crew came out and they were saying, why are you off script? So it goes into really weird places. Wow. Like it'll leave the story behind completely depending on what you've chosen. Yeah. That's so weird. It's 
so, so weird. Uh, do you think the creators of the show are expecting people to just watch this and just endlessly and just different combinations and iterations of like the story to just see how much material there yeah, is? Yeah, I think you don't watch this like a movie. You play it like a game. The difference is, is um, I've never seen a choose-your-own-adventure filmed piece Yeah, that was so well done. I remember back in the 90s, there was a CD-ROM about the X-Files uh, that was choose-your-own-adventure. It was all filmed. It was all video, but it was pretty crappy. It was like, yeah. you know, it had like one-eighth the budget of an episode of yeah. the X-Files. It was two Canadian actors that were lucky to get their first break playing two other FBI agents that were following up leads from Mulder and Scully and they were on an empty boat for an hour. It was like very cheap. Yeah. Um, David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson show up and you can tell they don't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it was clearly their day off from the X-Files and they're like, eh, just go and do the, the CD-ROM game so we can say you're in it. And it looked like David Duchovny in all the late seasons of the X-Files. Yeah. Uh, it was fairly crappy. And you know, most video games, you can adapt the way it animates. You know, you can change the skin of the characters. You can change the the scenes they're in. You don't have to change that much to get a different storyline. Right. This, you have to shoot a completely different thing. And yeah. it's done as well as the Black Mirror is. I mean, there's there's actors I recognize from other things in this. And the responses are really natural, which is interesting because I always think that Choose Your Own Adventure breaks down because you can't foreshadow anything. Right. You can't set up anything in the first act that's going to pay off in the third act because even the programmers don't exactly know what the third act is going to be. Right. So it never really pulls together. It always feels like there's random things happening. Yeah. And it does do that. As I said, there are storylines where it goes off the rails and he starts talking to you as a viewer. viewer, Yeah. And then he walks off the set. Yeah. Like, and that is only one scenario. That is, they're not all like that. It's, and, that's what made me think about the themes. I'm like, well, what is this story about? Is this story about schizophrenia? Is this story about conspiracy theories? Is this story about being meta? And I'm like, yeah, it all depends on what you choose. Yeah. So it changes the theme Based of the movie. Based on the viewer's decisions. Yeah. So what's the movie about? Whatever it depends on what you about. did. Yeah. And Black Mirror is usually pretty good about theme where it's like, okay, this is about automation gone too far. Yeah. This is about... A lot of episodes are about how we live on our online lives are more important than our real lives. And there's a lot of uh, episodes that are about juxtaposing our online lives into the real world and the consequences you pay. Yeah. Um, There's that in there, but there's so much in there that you kind of decide what the story is going to focus on. And there's very minor decisions. There's very early in the game, you're on a bus and he takes out two cassette tapes because it's 1984 on his Walkman. And he's like, am I going to listen to the Thompson Twins or this compilation? And you choose. Yeah. And you can tell it's like, okay, they swap out the soundtrack. Of the, and you're in video production, so you know yeah. how easy that can be. But it's like, but then you think it's like, well, did that change? What did that change? Yeah. yeah. Because it's, again, it's the programming. It's like, it's all binary. It's They're like train tracks. And what Jellyvision showed me, you know, you, you turn left at one point. Maybe it comes back to the same station later, right? Or maybe it never does. Yeah. And as I said, the the people that created it have no idea how to access every single scene they shot. Yeah, it's like they've kind of lost the roadmap for the 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 episode. Yeah, it's of just like we so don't know how to complex. get to every ending point. And it's like I think it's interesting because it, uh, you know, like we said, they've done a lot of this stuff before. You get, um, I don't know if you've ever gotten these like greeting card emails. And their videos that they filmed, they're super cheap. They're terrible. And the one I remember is like, it's a Santa Claus one. It's like an elf gets a thing. He's like, can you believe that? What's he doing on the naughty list? And it's like, your name, John, you know, on the naughty list. And he calls Santa and it's like a thing. And it's like, all the innings are basically identical, but it's like, you pick a different, it's like, they're really cheap and really dumb. Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, I had a Flintstones, Flintstones book personalized to me yeah and it was you could tell somebody clearly typed jonathan yeah <laughs> on like a line yeah. on every page totally yeah and uh these kinds of things are um somebody was gonna figure out how to do that really 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 well this is the first thing that figured out how to do it really 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 well the telltale series from a few years ago crossed the threshold this is like the next threshold being crossed where it's like um 
Where it's like if it's doing really well and it's really popular, everyone's going to be jumping on stuff like this very soon. Yeah, but it's weird because it's not going to it's not going to replace linear storytelling because it's it's not. It qu- can't. Yeah. Well, it's not quite a video game. As as I said, you can't tell a concise story that has a real message if you're changing the decisions every couple of minutes. The other thing I noticed was my experience play- watching or playing this. My experience was completely different than playing a video game. Where when I play a video game, I want the character to succeed because I want to keep playing the game. Right. But I'm watching a horror show. So I want the... So in some sense, I want the main character to die. I want the main character to have bad things happen to them because that's the genre. Yeah. So I noticed I made very different decisions watching or playing Black Mirror than I did with, say, Batman Telltale. Where Batman Telltale, I'm like, okay, I know a lot about Batman. Yeah. And I know, I have my idea of how his character will react. So this is how he would react. So you're playing it kind of like how you think Batman would react in a given scenario. But I did not watch a Bandersnatch like that. Right. Not at all. In fact, I was like, okay, what would make the most drama in this scene? Oh, okay. You know, what would, uh, okay, he's going crazy. This decision would make him crazier. Yeah. I would never make that decision in a video game because I you want to keep the game, the game might end. Yeah. But I was like, but I'm looking for the scariest thing to happen because this is horror. Yeah. So it was really weird. It was it was my approach to it felt very backwards. I also didn't feel like I was that character at all in this. Yeah. I was watching somebody else. Whereas a lot of the point of video games is to feel like you're that character. And one of yeah. the reasons the games I get into are games that come from another media because I, I want to feel like I'm Peter Parker. I want to feel like I'm Bruce Wayne, you know, um, in a more personal way than when I read them in a book or see them in a movie. Yeah. And I didn't feel that at all in Black Mirror. Like, this character was this character. Right. Like, I never was in his shoes at all. Yeah, I wonder if it's maybe difficult to be in the shoes of a character in a show like this, specifically. Um but it is interesting. So this is, uh, is it a separate thing from Black Mirror? Like if you went to go look for it on Netflix or is it just an episode of Netflix? Um, I, it's called Black Mirror Bandersnatch. So if you search Black Mirror, you'll probably get both. Yeah, okay. But they are showing it as its own thing. It's not just Black Mirror. There's a new episode. Right. Because it's so unique. And it's so like big. And there's no season behind it right now. Like right. they haven't done the next season. This was just like a... Uh, a separate project, yeah. But I, Black Mirror Umbrella. But, you know, if I would recommend to anybody who's into gaming and into sci-fi, it's it's a really interesting blend. I'm not going to say it's a perfect blend, but my guess is you could be done with this thing in a half an hour, depending on how you do it. The other thing I don't know because I didn't do it is what if I just stop in the middle of this thing? You know, what if what if somebody comes home oh, and you I'm pause like, pause it and turn it off. Do I have I now paused the quote unquote game where it was, or when I go back to Bandersnatch, does it start a new one? Yeah, I don't know. I do know that I did about five different trees, and I got to a point where it just showed me the credits. And I don't know. Was uh, there are there were some decisions that I wanted to go back and see, but it didn't let me. It didn't take me back to that part of the story. So okay, I guess I got to start a new game. And hope you can figure out how to get there. And get and wait, watch, basically watch that 40 minutes up to that point where I, uh, there's a decision I was curious about the other road. Yeah. And do that and then see if it changes anything. Because there was, uh, there were a couple of things that I made a choice and within a minute they were like, no. They were like, that was the wrong choice. Where it just stopped and then it was me like, yeah, go back to that. And it was like, okay, it was clear there was one choice to keep the story moving. Yeah. So there there was a scene where um, I was supposed to call somebody. And he's like, oh, it's this number. And honestly, I wasn't paying enough attention and I got the order wrong. And it got a wrong number. And then he just left the room. And I'm like, wait, if I if I'd remembered the number, how far would the story have gone? Yeah. I don't know. So it's definitely worth a try. Yes. Um, and that might be, yeah. Uh, you know, we're at an hour. Is that my greatest thing in the world this week? I don't It feels like it is. I think it, yeah, just the idea of how different and interesting it is, is like we don't have anything else quite like it. And it does seem kind of like the first of a new type of 
gimmick. Yeah. You know? But again, it references choose your own adventure books. It references yeah. early video well, games. It's built, so on, it's, all it's that built on all that. So it made the story about it. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, if you want to tell us what's interesting to you, um, uh, if you want to know what Steven's greatest thing in the world was, and I was too lazy to pull up the sound clip, <laughs> <laughs> so we skipped him. Uh, Spoiler alert, it's just Spider-Man on Sony PS4. Oh, yeah. We've been we've only been talking about that for three months. Yeah, I'm, I'm late to the party. Um, you can follow us. I'm a, not on my book on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Twitter's probably the better place because I don't take that many pictures. Yeah. Um, it's pictures of Chicago and... Funko Pops. <laughs> uh, but I'm at Not On My Book. You can follow me there. You can also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash caffeinatedcomics. And that's where we post all of our news and information about the next episode or where we're going to be. Every now and then we do something live. It's not often, but no, we do. occasionally. Yeah, or uh, just what's going on in the world of geek that we're interested in and we'll probably talk about. But leave us a comment there. Um, follow us, like us there. And Stephen, how do we follow the show? You can find the show in three places. You can follow us on Stitcher, on iTunes, and on uh, Spotify. Yeah. And how All do right. we follow you? And you, oh yeah, and you can follow me. I I don't do Twitter because it's too many words. Occasionally, I do Instagram when I remember it's a thing I should be doing, and that's at uh, the Brave Butter Pecan. And well, uh, I'm going to be out of town next week. I think we have a show ready to go. If we don't, it'll be a short show, uh, which I've done from time to time. And be like, I'm getting on a plane. Uh, is what I'm thinking. Bye, yeah. everybody. <laughs> but in some form, we will have a show. We will talk to you next week.